Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Annapolis. You know that young person who graduated college this past spring and is now getting ready to go get that big job? Well, here, guess what? Get over to Leon Tailoring and check out their career services division. They've got lots of good professional attire, reasonably priced for both your young men and young women who are getting off into that world of work. Hey, they graduated, they did all the interviews, now they got the big job coming up, so make sure they look the part. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. That's Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Well, we are taking a few minutes to speak to an old friend, known as gentleman for almost 30 years. His name is Ray Long. He's a reporter at the Chicago Tribune. He wrote the book, The House That Madigan Built, the record run of Illinois' Velvet Hammer. Now, who is Mike Madigan? Well, Mike Madigan was the former speaker of the Illinois House. Now, I know you folks in the audience may be wondering, why should we care about what happened next door in Illinois? Well, once we hear our conversation with Ray, it'll make perfect sense. So, Ray, my friend, thank you very much for being with us. Great to be here, Abdul. It's great to see you. So, uh, help our audience out here. Who was Michael Madigan? Well, Mike Madigan is probably the greatest disciple of Richard J. Daly, the first Mayor Daly, who was the guy who perfected the modern machine politics in Chicago. Uh, Madigan rose up with Daly's help in the legislature and then eventually became the all-time longest-serving House Speaker of any legislature anywhere in the nation. Now, what type of things did Madigan do to earn his reputation? Well, he was he was a hardworking guy. There was no doubt about that. He outworked everybody, every competitor, and he also looked at every bill, read each one, looked to to how he could slant one one way or another to help out either an individual member or to help out his party, or to just determine whether the bill should be killed because it doesn't help his party or the people that he's that support him, such as Democrats and trial lawyers and labor. And so he uh, also uh, developed his own network of uh, patronage that turned into people who would not only uh, work for him in his local area, but they uh, turned out across the state to elect Democrats. And he became the uh, state chairman of the Democratic Party. So he he, uh, controlled the levers of politics in the state, and he controlled what legislation went through in the state. Now, how did uh, you folks cover Madigan? Well, we we tried to cover him fairly, aggressively, and accurately. And what we would do is uh, try to examine what he uh, did and what he would say he would do and, uh, you know, how he did it and why he did it. And so... uh, He was an elusive guy. He didn't always uh, take questions. He took questions when he wanted to. And a lot of times he he, uh, didn't always give you straight uh, answers. He'd give you an answer, and it may be vague, and he'd keep it vague even when you wanted to uh, ask and did ask follow-up questions. And he would uh, walk away when he was done answering questions, whether you had more or not. Now, Illinois is... uh Famously known for being a corrupt state, to put it mildly. Almost like the only state that probably beats us out is the state of New Jersey, and that's on a good day. How did Madigan sort of fit into that culture of questionable behavior, questionable activities? Well, I think there was a tolerance overall uh, among Illinois politicians overall uh, that uh, they could... They could uh, deal with the issues in front of them and uh, 
and knock aside the people who who got caught for corruption. Madigan always said that he was, uh, you know, a guy who played between the lines, and he had dozens and dozens of acolytes who would who would say, you know, he always uh, did the right thing. He never broke the law, etc. Now, of course, Abdul he's been charged with 22 counts in an indictment uh, alleging uh, racketeering and bribery, and uh, so uh, they are going to the very heart of that defense that uh, the, where he said he never crossed the line. They're alleging he obviously did. We're taking me once to talk to Ray Long. Ray is a reporter at the Chicago Tribune. He and I have known each other for almost 30 years. And some change, he wrote a book, The House That Madigan Built, the record run of Illinois' Velvet Hammer, a book about uh, former House Speaker Mike Madigan, who was the longest-serving speaker in the country, who is now under indictment. Uh, and being from Illinois, uh, that kind of comes with the territory, so to speak. Uh, what is he actually accused of doing? Well, he, he's accused of uh, working with uh, the state u- biggest utility, which is called Commonwealth Edison. And Commonwealth Edison has actually uh, entered an agreement with the U.S. Attorney's Office where they admitted that they put a lot of uh, Madigan's cronies into jobs that were paid and they had little or no work to do, uh, that uh, many of uh, Madigan's constituents had college kids living with them in their families and that they would end up with uh, uh, internships over the summer. And one that uh, really sticks out is that Madigan wanted a specific person on the utilities board of directors, a state-regulated utility. Um, and he got his way. He, he eventually got this person on board. And this is part of what uh, Commonwealth Edison has admitted, that they they did all that in hopes that Madigan would uh, look favorably upon their legislative agenda. Isn't that bribery? Well, that's... Or, that's attempted, a, or attempted bribery at the very least? That's one of the charges for sure, Abdul. And uh, they ha- say that it's involving a, a you know, a grand scope of people uh, from the top CEO, former CEO of, of ComEd to one of his uh, longtime uh, friends who was a lawmaker and then a ComEd lobbyist and a couple other ComEd lobbyists too. So they've uh, also accused Madigan of, of working with a, a Chicago alderman, uh, always a dangerous <laughs> combination to uh, uh, move some state property into the city's domain where that could be used to develop a a hotel or some other uh, uh, property in in Chinatown in Chicago. And the uh, allegation is that they would do all this and set it up so that eventually Madigan, who is a property tax appeals lawyer, would get their property tax business. Now, you and I, both from the Chicago area, no, 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 things can be questionable for a while, but how the heck did all this happen? This seems like almost sort of taking everything, including the kitchen sink. Yeah, the, uh, the idea that this was going on uh, all, all the time, that it was like maneuvering things behind the scenes all the time, is, is one that has really kind of taken aback a lot of uh, people in Illinois. One thing that was real interesting that came out in the indictment, of course, it's an allegation. Of course, Madigan has, has denied any of the, the wrongdoing. But one thing is he... Uh, 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 one uh, 
recent legislative session had his attorney general daughter uh, who was trying to push through pro-consumer legislation and they actually um, ComEd actually didn't want it to go through and uh, Madigan wanted a couple of guys uh, uh, put on their payroll and you can guess what happened uh, he got a couple of guys on the payroll and the legislation didn't go through so we, we've seen all kinds of, of uh, different styles of maneuvers here but it was all to try to increase and, and, and uh, help him remain powerful and to stay speaker Ray Long, the author of The House of Madigan, built the record run of Illinois' Velvet Hammer with us for a few more minutes on the program today. Um, so why should someone, say, from outside of Illinois care about, you know, quote-unquote corrupt Illinois politics? I mean, you got two of the last several governors went to prison, you know, Chicago Alderman going to jail, and the people say it's just Chicago. So why should someone from Gary, Indiana, or, or Indianapolis, Indiana, care about what happens in the state of Illinois? Well, I think it's real important, Abdul, because uh, if they see that uh, – fellow lawmakers in another state can get away with something, then they, uh, the lawmakers in Indiana will think, well, you know, they can get away with it over in Illinois. Why couldn't we try something like that here? And you've seen similar types of charges in other states, like in Ohio, with, with politicians over there. So you have to remember that they're watching each other, and they're watching each other to see what good things can be done, but you got to believe that they're also are others who are looking to see what they can get away with in your own state. Um, did the media drop the ball on a lot of this stuff, or did the media report it, or what happened? Because obviously... It's not the last thing you did that gets you in trouble. It's all the stuff you did beforehand. <laughs> well, uh, you know, one of the reasons I did this book, Abdul, was because there's been a lot of great reporting over the years about things that uh, Madigan has has done that, uh, you know, may be, elite, may be legal, but, uh, you know, it raises your eyebrows. And uh, there have been so many tales that it's a broad picture uh, of what is, is going on. And I think that the the media was aggressive covering Madigan. I think we we covered him fairly. I think we covered him, uh, you know, pretty hard. And uh, you can go through my files of stories, too, and, and see that uh, we've hit, uh, had some hard-hitting stories. But also, I believe that they were fair and accurate. And so... Um, it, the thing we don't have, we don't have subpoena power, you know, and we can't we can't chase everything down. I think there needs to be more laws that that allow for more transparency about what uh, politicians are doing, so that we know whether or not their private life is intersecting with their public life. One thing I heard before I let you go here is I heard Madigan never used email. Was that true? Well, you know, there's a lot of stories out there, and that seems to be the prevailing one, uh, the preponderance of the evidence, <laughs> I guess, if you will, is is that. But, you know, I have heard also stories that he, uh, you know, told people what, to write things in an email or he would use a different email address. I haven't proven that up. But uh, the reality was he didn't like to put stuff down. He didn't like to uh, talk on the telephone. Uh, he didn't like to use a cell phone and so uh, if you think that he'll be convicted on his own words it's going to be hard for the for the prosecutors to find a lot of evidence of Mike Madigan a trail of of his own uh, words on paper or on electronic tape 
This sort of reminds me of a Tammany Hall just going really, really bad. <laughs> yeah, I think the Chicago way and the Illinois way are things that will be remembered in history for a couple more hundred years. <laughs> right. Ray Long, author of the book, The House of Madigan Built, the record run of Illinois' Velvet Hammer. Ray, my friend, so first of all, always good to see you, and thank you very much for taking a few minutes to talk to us today. Yeah, it's great to see you too, Abdul. Good luck with the show, and thank you for having me on it. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.